25. In the summer which began the sixth year of Agricola's administration, extending his views to the countries situated beyond Bodotria, as a general insurrection of the remoter nations was apprehended and the enemy's army rendered marching unsafe, he caused the harbours to be explored by his fleet, which now, first acting in aid of the land forces, gave the formidable spectacle of war at once pushed on by sea and land. The cavalry, infantry, and marines were frequently mingled in the same camp, and recounted with mutual pleasure their several exploits and adventures, comparing in the boastful language of military men the dark recesses of woods and mountains with the horrors of waves and tempests, and the land and enemy subdued with the conquered ocean. It was also discovered from the captives that the Britons had been struck with consternation at the view of the fleet, conceiving the last refuge of the vanquished to be cut off. Now the secret retreats of their seas were disclosed. The various inhabitants of Caledonia immediately took up arms with great preparations, magnified, however, by report, as usual where the truth is unknown, and by beginning hostilities and attacking our fortresses, they inspired terror as daring to act offensively, insomuch that some persons, disguising their timidity under the mask of prudence, were for instantly retreating on this side the firth and relinquishing the country, rather than waiting to be driven out. Agricola, in the meantime, being informed that the enemy intended to bear down in several bodies, distributed his army into three divisions, that his inferiority of numbers and ignorance of the country might not give them an opportunity of surrounding him. 26. When this was known to the enemy, they suddenly changed their design, and making a general attack in the night upon the Ninth Legion, which was the weakest, in the confusion of sleep and consternation they slaughtered the sentinels and burst through the entrenchments. They were now fighting within the camp when Agricola, who had received information of their march from his scouts, and followed close upon their track, gave orders for the swiftest of his horse and foot to charge the enemy's rear. Presently the whole army raised a general shout, and the standards now glittered at the approach of day. The Britons were distracted by opposite dangers, whilst the Romans in the camp resumed their courage, and secure of safety, began to contend for glory. They now, in their turns, rushed forwards to the attack, and a furious engagement ensued in the gates of the camp, till, by the emulous efforts of both Roman armies, one to give assistance, the other to appear not to need it, the enemy was routed, and had not the woods and marshes sheltered the fugitives, that day would have terminated the war. 27. The soldiers, inspirited by the steadfastness which characterized and the fame which attended this victory, cried out that nothing could resist their valour. Now was the time to penetrate into the heart of Caledonia, and in a continued series of engagements at length to discover the utmost limits of Britain. Those even who had before recommended caution and prudence were now rendered rash and boastful by success. It is the hard condition of military command that a share in prosperous events is claimed by all, but misfortunes are imputed to one alone. The Britons, meantime attributing their defeat not to the superior bravery of their adversaries, but to chance and the skill of the general, remitted nothing of their confidence, but proceeded to arm their youth to send their wives and children to places of safety, 
and to ratify the confederacy of their several states by solemn assemblies and sacrifices. Thus the parties separated with minds mutually irritated. 28. During the same summer, a cohort of Eusippi, which had been levied in Germany and sent over into Britain, performed an extremely daring and memorable action. After murdering a centurion and some soldiers who had been incorporated with them for the purpose of instructing them in military discipline, they seized upon three light vessels and compelled the masters to go on board with them. One of these, however, escaping to shore, they killed the other two upon suspicion, and before the affair was publicly known, they sailed away, as it were, by miracle. They were presently driven at the mercy of the waves, and had frequent conflicts with various success with the Britons defending their property from plunder. At length they were reduced to such extremity of distress as to be obliged to feed upon each other, the weakest being first sacrificed, and then such as were taken by lot. In this manner, having sailed round the island, they lost their ships through want of skill, and being regarded as pirates, were intercepted first by the Suevi, and then by the Frisii. Some of them, after being sold for slaves, by the change of masters were brought to the Roman side of the river, and became notorious from the relation of their extraordinary adventures. 29. In the beginning of the next summer, Agricola received a severe domestic wound in the loss of a son, about a year old. He bore this calamity not with the ostentatious firmness which many have affected, nor yet with the tears and lamentations of feminine sorrow, and war was one of the remedies of his grief. Having sent forwards his fleet to spread its ravages through various parts of the coast, in order to excite an extensive and dubious alarm, he marched with an army equipped for expedition, to which he had joined the bravest of the Britons whose fidelity had been approved by a long allegiance, and arrived at the Grampian Hills, where the enemy was already encamped. For the Britons, undismayed by the event of the former action, expecting revenge or slavery, and at length taught that the common danger was to be repelled by union alone, had assembled the strength of all their tribes by embassies and confederacies. Upwards of thirty thousand men in arms were now descried, and the youth, together with those of a hale and vigorous age, renowned in war, and bearing their several honorary decorations, were still flocking in, when Calgacus, the most distinguished for birth and valour among the chieftains, is said to have harangued the multitude, gathering round, and eager for battle, after the following manner.